Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The portion of God's word to which we draw our attention today is our gospel reading from Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 21. Please rise as we hear the first two verses of that passage. Then Peter came up and asked Jesus, Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother when he sins against me? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you as many as 70 times, seven times. Thus far the text. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Make us holy through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. It used to be that if you wanted to figure out how to do something, that you would find a book and, and get the explanation there. Or maybe you would call someone with specific expertise. I used to do that a lot when it came to working on my cars. I remember one time I was trying to figure out how to change the water pump in my car. And we didn't have lots of money, and so I didn't want to take to the shop. And so I called my dad. Now, one of my dad's pre-pastoring careers was as a mechanic, and so he knew how to work on cars. And so I call, would call him, and he would walk me through, talk me through exactly how to do some specific thing on, on my car. Nowadays, though, if you want to learn how to do something, chances are you're going to go to YouTube. You go to YouTube. There are how-to videos for just about everything. I even was able to change the rear bearing on a washing machine one time with the help of a how-to video on, on YouTube. Now, based on the search results that I got when I checked YouTube for how to forgive, I wouldn't necessarily go there and, and take those top results. They, they really weren't that great. And please don't do that until after church. Wait to see if you want to do that or not. But we don't really need to go to YouTube to figure out how to forgive. We've got that for us today in our gospel reading, this passage from Matthew. Jesus tells us how to forgive. Now don't think of what Jesus says here as this like numbered list that you can follow, that, that step by step he's going to walk you through a checklist as if he's giving instructions for how to forgive someone in, in this situation and maybe in this situation. What Jesus tells us here are some very basic principles that we can apply in any situation. The first principle in this how to forgive is to forgive in love. And where does this love come from? Well, it comes from God. We know very well those familiar words. We know the, the, the immensity of God's love for us and what happens with our sins and our guilt as a result. We heard it earlier in the absolution, the words from John 3. For God loved the world in this way that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We've heard those words so many times that, that maybe we, we don't think about their gravity. How many of us, for example, would be willing 
to sacrifice one of our children or a loved one for the sake of someone else? Would we say to someone, so that you don't have to die, here, take my child, kill him instead. I'll give up his life to save yours. And that's exactly what God did for us. Even though we owed God our very lives because of our sin, we deserve death from Him. Specifically, eternal death in hell. Eternal separation from Him. God didn't take that punishment out on us. He sent His Son. He sent Jesus to take that punishment for us. And because of Jesus' sacrifice for us, God took our sins and wiped them out. Our slate is clean. Yes, God is that gracious king in the parable that that Jesus told. You look at what the king did. Even though he had every right to, to exact punishment from this servant that owed him somewhere in the vicinity of $9 billion, he didn't do that. When the servant pleaded for mercy, that's exactly what this king showed. He showed mercy. He showed compassion. He showed love. Don't you wonder if when this king forgave that immense debt that, that the people standing around were awestruck. I mean, it was such a, such a magnanimous act for him to do this. What an act of love. What an act of sheer mercy. It was indeed something at which to marvel. And with the great weight of our sins having been forgiven, and remembering that we are to forgive in love, there is no sin that we cannot forgive others. When a friend sins against us, it does hurt, right? It could be something little. It could be maybe they forgot to do something for us that they said they were going to do. Maybe it's something more major, more painful, like they, they talk behind our back or they post something on social media that sounds mean about us. And when we're sinned against that, a sinned against uh, that way, we're, we're likely to want to strike back. We're likely to want to hold that sin against someone. Our, our sinful nature kicks in and tells us to hold a grudge, not to forgive. But what would happen to us if God treated us the same way? What would happen to us if God only liked us just a little instead of loving us with, with an infinite love? What would happen to us if God would, had to consider whether or not to be, to be petty and vengeful toward us and hold our sins against us? All of our sins, multiple times a day, that he would have to choose whether or not to forgive us. Well, he doesn't do that. Our love for others, no matter how great or small the sin, even if it was something really, really bad like murder, our forgiveness has to be shown. We must show love toward others. We forgive others with that same love, that same self-sacrificing love that God has for us. And so it doesn't matter what somebody does to us. We forgive them regardless. And when it comes down to it, that's really our only choice. We forgive in love because God has forgiven us in His love. 
And because he loved us with an, with an infinite self-sacrificing love, we extend that same love, that same forgiveness to others. Now, I've already said that maybe we sin multiple times a day against God and and we may not have people sinning against us that much as many times as we sin against God. But still the question comes up, how often do I need to forgive someone else their sin? Don't you wonder how many times in the past this king in the parable had done the same thing, that he had forgiven someone their debt, considering his actions that he was so willing to forgive this this huge debt, it's possible, maybe it's even probable that he had done the same thing in the past. And since this king in the parable represents God, consider this, how often does God forgive you of your sins? Does he do it once a week? When you come here to church and you, you confess your sins with your sisters and brothers in Christ and receive absolution? Or maybe twice in a week when when we have the Lord's Supper and you receive forgiveness there? How about during the week? Does God forgive you of your sins many times during the week as you come to Him repentant, asking for forgiveness? Does God allow us just a few times of forgiveness? God doesn't ever turn down our requests for forgiveness and mercy. David says in Psalm 86, You are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call on you. That word abounding means that God's love is, is always there. It's always present. It's like a spring of water that is just constantly bubbling up and, and it never dries up. It never goes away. And he is abounding in love to all who call on him. That means every time that you go to God and you plead for forgiveness. He gives it to you. Even if it were every single minute of every single day, God forgives you of your sins. So how often does God forgive you? He forgives you as often as you ask. The forgiveness that Jesus obtained on the cross, it's universal. It's not just universal in the sense that it's good for all people of all time, but it's also good for all of your sins past, present, and future. So really, we're not to forgive others in our lives just often. We're to forgive them always. Now, when you heard that question that Peter asked, how many times must I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Maybe you wondered why Peter was asking that question. Well, Jesus had just been talking about forgiveness. He was talking about what happens when a brother sins against you and you go and they don't repent and then you try to win that brother back and get him to repent so that, so that forgiveness can be his. And maybe Peter was wondering, well, what happens if there's somebody who abuses that and, and who takes advantage of this, this free and full forgiveness that's offered? Or he could have been thinking about the, the standard Jewish way of thinking of the day. There was a man-made Jewish law that said that you only had to forgive someone three times. And so when Peter asked, well, should I forgive him up to seven times? He actually was being pretty generous. And what was Jesus' reply? He said, not seven times, but I tell you as many as 70 times, seven times. 490 times. 
Do you think that would cover it? How long would that last? Would it last a, a month, a week, a day? How long would it be before we had used up our 490 times of being forgiven by someone or forgiving someone that many times? Now, obviously, that's not the point that Jesus was trying to make. We don't keep a tally with our spouses or our friends or our children and say that there's some point at which they reach their limit and there's no more forgiveness. Indeed, God forgives us time and time and time again. And so when our, our wife or husband or child or friend comes to us and says, I'm sorry, please forgive me. We don't worry about how many times in the past we've forgiven that person. We just do it. Just like the king in the parable, we don't worry about, about the enormity of the debt that's owed. We simply forgive it. In short, God forgives us every time that we go to him with repentant hearts. And in turn, we forgive anyone who comes to us asking for forgiveness. And we do that often. We don't keep score and eventually tell them that they have reached their limit. Now, the last thing that Jesus tells us to do in, in his how to forgive someone is that we are to forgive completely. When the king in the parable forgave this immense debt that this servant owed him, did he hold back a little bit? Did the king say, well, I'm forgiving you all of this debt, but you still owe me interest? No, he just wiped out the entire debt. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. David says of God in Psalm 103. When God forgives our sins, it's complete. There's nothing left of them. And he even forgets about them. That's what I like to call God's benevolent amnesia. Now, it's not like God has to forget our sins because he's God and, and his mind is infinite. It's so far above ours we can't begin to fathom it. But God chooses out of his love, out of his benevolence, to forget all about our sins for Jesus' sake. When he forgives our sins, they no longer exist in his mind. And that's how unconditional God's love is. He, he loved us so greatly that he sent Jesus to die for us. He forgives us as often as, as we go to him. And then when he forgives us, he doesn't keep a record of them. They are gone. And so we need to do the same thing with others. We need to forgive others as completely as God forgives us. But is that something that we can do? When we think about forgetting about someone else's sins, is that something that we can actually do? Can our minds forget about something when we know we're supposed to? Here's a little test. Maybe you've heard this test before to, to show that point. I want all of you to stop thinking about pink elephants. Okay? Is there anybody here who doesn't have pink elephants on your mind right now? And unfortunately, we do the same thing many times when it comes to somebody's sins against us. We can't forget them. At least, it's virtually impossible. We may forget them in the sense of, well, we're not going to hold them against them. But, but sometimes our sinful nature, again, kicks in and, and wants to hold on to that sin. 
wants to hold on to it so that we can keep it against that person for some future use to get back at them for something. But when you forgive someone, forget about that sin. In this sense, you may not forget it mentally. It may still be there, but don't hold it against them. Don't keep it so that you can use it against them at, at some point in the, in the future. When you forgive someone, do it completely. Forgive them with the same unconditional love that your Father has shown to you as He forgives your sins. It's a piece of cake, right? It's so easy to do. It's so easy to forgive people in the way that, that Jesus forgives us. Well, it would be if we didn't have that sinful nature that, that kicks in and tells us to hold things against people. But Jesus' forgiveness, Jesus' instructions on, on how to forgive others is very clear. Now, it's not a step-by-step, easy-to-follow direction where you can just check off the, the little boxes of completing each step. His how-to, though, is simple in concept. Jesus came to this world to forgive our sins, to forgive our many sins against Him. And He did this because He loves us. So, we forgive others in love. Jesus forgives us every time that we ask, never keeping count and telling us that we've reached our limit. And so we forgive others often, as many times as someone asks us. Jesus forgives us completely. He wipes out the record of all of our sins like they've never existed. And so we forgive each other the same way, not holding sins against someone for for some kind of leverage in the future. And really, we can sum up Jesus' how-to of forgiveness with a very familiar part of a prayer that he taught us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Jesus forgives us. We forgive others. Period. Amen. Please rise. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.